Uh, it's beautiful to be here. Uh, God has done amazing things in Rwanda. Um, 11,000, over 11,000 children sponsored, 11 churches planted. This year, with Gashora, they're gonna be two, th- they're gonna be three new communities. Lives and communities are being transformed in the name of Jesus. Um, we are training pastors in nearly 450 student pastors at Africa College of Theology. We are taking care of the sick in the Dream Medical Hospital. God is using African new life to build his kingdom in Rwanda. And today, I want to talk about uh, the kingdom of God, the vision for the kingdom of God. And uh, you can talk about the kingdom of God theologically and in different ways and try to explain everything contained in the kingdom of God. How does the kingdom of God look like now here on earth? But how will the kingdom of God look at him the end? We are in the kingdom of God, in between the kingdom also to come. Uh, but today, I want to look at the kingdom of God as something beautiful and diverse. Because sometimes we miss on the diversity of the kingdom of God, and therefore we don't see how beautiful it is. It's like a mosaic, a piece of cloth or cloth, stone, tiny stones of different colors put together. The kingdom of God is beautiful. It is filled with variety and diversity. The kingdom of God is multi-generational from one generation to another generation. The kingdom of God is multi-ethnic. There are people from different ethnicities and groups of tribes all over the world. The, the, the kingdom of God is multi-economic. Uh, all people, slaves and those who are free, uh, those who have money and those with no money, they all belong in this kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God knows no borders. It's nothing like a Canadian border and a Mexican border, a Ugandan border and a Rwandan border. The kingdom of God is borderless, no borders. But also let me tell you, the kingdom of God has one king, and the king of the kingdom of God is King Jesus. Therefore, there are no political parties in this kingdom. We all belong, it is a beautiful kingdom. It's a kingdom none of us can put in a box. We just can't. 
And the philosophy of this kingdom is built and well explained in scripture and in the word of God. And today I want to start out by reading a fundamental redemptive verse and message. And this message is in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28. I say that it's redemptive because it actually delivers all of us from our state to a better state. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Gentile. In other words, it levels us. Once you end that kingdom, we are the same. You may be Jew, I may be a Gentile, it doesn't matter. Where your nationality doesn't matter anymore. Your tribal doesn't matter anymore. Your ethnicity doesn't matter anymore. We all submit our lie allegiance to Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom. Neither slave or free. Your economic status doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which party of the city you live in. Whether it's southeast or northeast or southwest across the river or beyond the river, it doesn't matter. What do we know? All of us one day we shall live beyond that river. You know, it's an amazing kingdom. There's no oppression for women. The Bible says there's no is there male or free. Women are not oppressed in that kingdom. They are part of the kingdom. It's unfortunate when a few people promote the whole idea of the emancipation of women and they make it a big movement. Let me tell you, Jesus emancipated our sisters long time ago. <laughs> Jesus emancipated our daughters long time ago. Whatever all these worldly, uh, philosophical, secular professors are trying to do in our college is not something new. Jesus did it on the cross for all of us. And he says, for all of you are one in Jesus Christ. Our oneness is found in Jesus. Not in our creeds, not in our dogmas, not in our racial, ethnic backgrounds, or even national identity. Our identity is found in Jesus. Sometimes I make people back home unhappy because I tell them I am first of all a Christian and secondary Rwandan. Now, Rwandans are very patriotic. That can actually um, open them to listening. You said you're a Christian first and secondary Rwandan? Yes, I am a Christian first and secondary Rwandan. I'm a child of God first. My identity as a Rwandan is beautiful. It's diverse. It's part of God's larger kingdom and picture. But my identity as a follower of Jesus Christ has eternal implications. Forever I will be a son of God. Your identity as an American, um, whatever uh, uh, shade you have, it could be black or brownie, yellow, whatever shade you have is beautiful. It's diverse. 
It's your heritage. But let me tell you, your greatest heritage is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and your commitment to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, King Jesus. And today, man, I want to celebrate that King Jesus. I want to celebrate that beautiful kingdom that is diverse. I want to bring everyone into that kingdom because that is the vision of God. That was the vision of Jesus on the cross when he died on the cross for our sins, for the sins of all the nations. Jesus Christ was dying to create that kingdom, to create that empire of his kingdom that will last forever. And his vision was to bring in everyone from all the nations, from all the tribes, from all backgrounds to belong and to be part of this kingdom. So today, I want to talk about three events, three celebration moments for this kingdom. You know, you realize that in our families, we have celebration moments. We have some things that we consider important, dates, moments in our families we consider important. Today, I want to talk about three events we celebrate. We don't only celebrate them, but we embrace them. We embrace them as we talk about the beauty and the diversity in the kingdom of God. Event number one is the cross. Is the cross. Man, without the cross, we would not have access to the kingdom. The kingdom of God has existed from eternity and will exist to eternity. It has no beginning and has no end. But in between, right there on the cross, Jesus opened up a door and provided access for all of us to come in. Then it becomes a choice. Do you want to get into this kingdom? Do you want to be a member of this kingdom? The price has been already paid. The door has already been opened. Christ died on the cross. And when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive you your sins and appreciate his death on the cross as a price that that was paid for your sins in the past, in the present, and in the future, you embrace that kingdom and you have unlimited access into that kingdom of God. My hope this morning is that you've actually entered the kingdom and you are a member of this international global empire that is in heaven and on earth and is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the message of the cross is the message of reconciliation with God and each other. Jesus broke down the barriers of the enmity. In the book of Ephesians, Paul makes it very clear. Chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. He summarizes everything I am talking about today, especially on the issue of the cross. And Paul says, for he himself is our peace, who made both one 
and has broken down the middle wall of separation. The wall that separated us. It's unfortunately when we build new walls and separate ourselves. He broke down the wall that separated us by his death. Having abolished in his flesh, his own body on the cross, the enmity. All of the anger, all the hatred, all the enmity, all the people you don't like. The Bible says that in his flesh, he carried it. That is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances so as to create in himself a new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross by putting to death the enmity. I'm glad Christ has put that death, that enmity to death in our hearts. You know, I was raised up in an environment that had a lot of hatred. Um, you talk about the whole idea of Hutuzi and Tusizi, and more than that, I was raised up as a refugee in an area that had so many tribes from different nationalities, which I really appreciate that I was raised up in a multi-racial and ethnic environment. But to bring it home, my parents had left a place called Nyamagabeji, Congolo, in Rwanda, southern part of Rwanda, running away from the first part of the genocide in 1959. And every now and then, my dad would tell me stories of how they left their home area. They left their home area while Families were being killed, homes were being burnt, and in his late teens, he ran away for life. And for years, um, some people just decided that they don't want the Tusi people to live in that area anymore, and started this process of cleansing the entire community. So for over 30 years, we lived as refugees. And when we came back to Rwanda, uh, for me and my parents, we chose to live in an area where people who had been refugees like us were living, and these are people who are familiar to us. And my parents didn't want to go back to that place called Jikongoro in Nyamagabe because it was darker, it was hopeless, and they had bad memories. But let me tell you the power of the cross, the power of Jesus that breaks down enmity led their son, Charles Mugisha of African New Life Ministries to go to Nyamagabe and plant a church and raise up children for past generations of enmity in my family. And that is the power of the cross because we understand that the kingdom of God has no borders. But also the kingdom of God is all inclusive, including people you don't like or love. They belong to God. Number two, we want to look at the event of Pentecost. 
Pentecosty for me became a symbol, a symbol that proves the, the universality and the inclusivity of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is universal, and the kingdom of God includes everybody. You know, the Bible talks about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And the Bible says on that day in Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 12, powerful day in the history of the church. The Bible says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to imagine someone from River West, never been to Africa, arrives in Gashora and starts to speak in perfect Kenya Rwanda, praising God. What a beautiful day and welcome of the Holy Spirit. And then as they speak in Kenya Rwanda, all the way from River West, have never been out of America, speaks in Kenya Rwanda in Gashora, Obu Jesera, and all they speak is not hatred, is not bitterness, but he praises to God and a message of salvation to the people of Gashora that the kingdom of God has come. What a major sign that the kingdom of God is not for one language, but is for all the languages of the world. And the Bible... The Bible says now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. The Bible says they had a sound from heaven. Something happened. They started speaking in tongues. You can see the verses there. They were amazed that they had them speak in their own native language. People from Egypt, from Libya, visitors from Rome. Man, both Jews and converts to Judaism. They had people speak Arabic languages and the the Bible says we hear them declaring the wonders of God, the wonders of the kingdom in our own languages. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? This is what it means. The gospel message is for all tongues, all nations, all tribes, all, all ethnicities, everyone. It is the good news to everyone. The gospel is the only good news to everyone. That's what everyone needs up to this day. This miraculous phenomenon allowed people from various nations and language groups to hear the gods, the disciples speaking in their own native tongues, symbolize the universal nature of the gospel message and the mission of spreading it to the people of all languages and cultures. But more than that, I want to let you know the Holy Spirit speaks all tongues. He speaks all tongues. God speaks all tongues. God can speak English. God can speak Chinese. God can speak Kinyarwanda. God can speak French. God speaks even some languages of angels we don't know. Our God speaks all languages. And therefore, his family is a multicultural 
family. The family of God is a multicultural family. The family of God has all shades and all colors and all people. Therefore, as God's children, we need to quickly learn to appreciate the beauty and the diversity of the kingdom of God. Because one of these days when we get to heaven, you're going to find out that every Everyone is there. Everyone is there. And all of us belong in the same class. That brings me to number three, another event to celebrate in the diversity and the beauty of the kingdom of God. And this is more beautiful than anything you have ever heard. And that is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate destination of the kingdom of God. That is the finishing point. And I love what I see at the finishing point in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. This is the finishing point. And it says, after this, I looked. And there before me, was a great multitude no one could count. A lot of people, many people. I can imagine the entire city of Portland without trees and without houses and without roads covered with people. And then I can imagine pushing that into Washington State and its people and all nations. And then I can imagine pushing that into Canada and it's all people. And then imagine pushing that into Alaska and all people. And imagine push that, pushing that into Russia across Eastern Europe to Europe, further into Africa, and it's all people. No one could count these people from every nation, from every tribal, people and languages speaking different languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb appreciating Jesus because the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world gave a perfect sacrifice at the cross on Calvary to be able to give us access we have that beautiful access and we are wearing white robes. They were holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now the Bible, the sort of the Bible closes with the vision of God's kingdom on earth. At the end, the end time history completion is illustrated as a gathering filled with people of every ethnicity, language, and nation singing together in a beautiful chorus of praise. What a beautiful picture. Friends, let me tell you God is hearty. Is that we are, we, God is heart is that with our unique histories, our unique cultures, our unique languages, 
our unique perspectives. God's heart is that we live in unity with one another. Working to reflect the perfect love of God. He created us differently so that we can image or reflect his character in a unique way. When we come together and love one another well, we are reflecting God and his perfect relationship with himself, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There is beauty in our differences. There is beauty in our uniqueness and our cultures. Don't you think there is beauty in my accent being very much different from your accent? Can you imagine, can you? Come on, I just want you to imagine a little bit if everyone spoke English like Americans. Man, what a loss. Because I want to hear Indians speak English. I want to hear English people speak English. You haven't been to Africa. We speak English in different accents and different shades. You bring a Nigerian here, he's going to be 100% different from a Rwandan speaking English. We reflect the beauty of God in our differences. We reflect God's heart is for unity, not uniformity. Not that we wear the same uniform, is for spiritual unity, is for peace, is for oneness, it's not same color. The idea is obviously nice, but it doesn't often translate into reality. We live in a world that counts differences as opportunities for one's progress. There are people out there who are just creating differences for them to make progress over the differences they have created. You know, we are, we are hardwired in our sinful nature to have us versus their mentality. And we often devalue people who look and sound and act differently from than we do. Instead of a beautiful praise filled with voices of a diverse choir, we hear clamor as every individual and group sing their own tune. Disunity. Sometimes this noisy, it feels like we can't escape it. But I have good news for you. The cross has provided a way for us to escape that noise, that noisy, to find the way of the kingdom, to find the truth of God's reconciling redemption and the life of God's multi-ethnic family. The great multitude were wearing robes and holding palms and the souls saved through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The multitude is made of every nation, every tribe, every land, every tongue, every language. But their differences do not divide them. Instead, they are united in worship and service, each enjoying a close relationship with another. Churches today can reflect this diverse unity because that is who we are. That is how finally we live out our lives. But as I finish, I want to finish with this. 
that's a good picture. But I also want to look at it a simple way of how Jesus, see, looked at the kingdom in the Lord's Prayer. Because the Lord's Prayer talks about the kingdom coming in simple ways. Simple ways we can live out the kingdom. Simple ways we can pray the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, the Bible says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are in heaven, our Father. May your name be honored and praised. And then says, your kingdom come. We long for your kingdom. We long for your will to be done on earth as it is done in heaven. We need to see your will down here because there are issues down here on earth. We have some issues to deal with. Come and help us. These are the issues where we spend our prayers and our resources. Number one, give us our daily bread. Man, we need daily bread and okay, equitable distribution of daily bread is actually bringing in the kingdom of God. That those who have more bread can give those who don't have. That those who have more bread can be used by God to provide answers for those who are praying for bread. Okay, it's the whole idea of demonstrating that compassion and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ in practical ways. It's the second hand of the gospel, the hand of compassion. That is what we do many in many ways at African New Life as we sponsor children, as you sponsor children. That could, your, your sponsorship actually could become an answered prayer for those kids for many years to put bread on them their table, to have a meal for some kids in a boarding school, to have three meals a day, their prayers will be answered. The kingdom of God come to us uh, in that context. But also it talks about to forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The kingdom of God is about to forgiveness. Freedom of your conscience from sin. Freedom from the bondage of darkness found in sin and evil found in sin and pain found in sin. Sin causes a lot of pain everywhere. And when the kingdom of God comes, the will of God done here on earth, it emancipates us from the pain of sin and the addiction of sin and all those sinful things that take away our freedom in God and with each other. So let the kingdom of God come. But also the kingdom of God is about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's about us forgiving each other. 
In fact, uh, I forgave the people of Nyamagabe and Gikongolo who killed my family even without knowing all of them. I don't know them anymore. It's many generations, but they are forgiven in my sight and in my eyes and in my life. They are free. I may never meet them, but in me, they are free. That is the kingdom of God. In fact, that reminds me what my Uber driver said. My, you know, I was trying to witness to my Uber driver, sharing <laughs> the gospel with him. And he's an amazing man. He ended up giving me his contact. And I asked him if I can contact him later on to talk more about Jesus. And he said yes. And this is what he said. He said, we've become a culture that doesn't know how to forgive. Some people just need to be forgiven because they don't know how to ask for forgiveness. Just forgive them. So the kingdom of God is about forgiveness. It's demonstrating compassion to those who are needed. It's demonstrating forgiveness. It's demonstrating reconciliation. It's demonstrated in love. It's demonstrated in victory over the devil. It is a beautiful kingdom. We are members of that kingdom. And if you are visiting here today and you've never signed on this kingdom, you've signed on so many clubs. Okay, Rotary Club, Kiwana Club, a football club. Uh, all those clubs are amazing, but they are temporary. There's something that's more than a club. Okay, it's your life. It's in the kingdom, and God has opened up a door through the cross, and it's beautiful. The message is clear all the way from Pentecost, that is universal. And finally, we are going to celebrate that in heaven before Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Pentecost. We thank you for those new tongues that were spoken by people who did not even know what they were speaking, but delivered a message of the kingdom. We thank you for heaven. Thank you for taking your time and your life to prepare us for heaven. Thank you for River Westy. Thank you for Gashora. Thank you for our partnership. God, we do ask you to bless our partnership and grace it with every gift from heaven as you send us to make an eternal difference for you. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.